Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and the way that through your spirit you speak to our hearts and our minds and you speak into our lives. This morning, I pray that we would learn, that we would be encouraged, that we would have new ways of following you and trusting you and seeing your work in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name for your honor and glory. Amen. Please be seated. Yesterday, I went to Assumption High School to watch my son in a musical. And the normal way you get in is completely blocked off because they were doing all of this construction. And so you go past that entrance into a different entrance, which takes you to the other side of the campus from where the auditorium is. So I park, I get out, I go in the doors that I had seen him come out of when I picked him up, and I walk in, there's a sign, I hit that sign, and I head the direction it tells me, and then I just keep walking for a while. And I get to a corridor that's dark. Like, I have no idea where I'm at. So I head down one of those corridors, turn down another corridor, found another sign. Like, okay, follow that one down one corridor and down another corridor. Then I see another sign. I'm like, where in the world am I? I feel like I'm just walking in circles in this campus and finally find some stairs that lead me outside. And I'm like, oh, there. I see the auditorium. At least I recognize that. The problem is the entrance to it is also blocked off. Like, I don't even know how to get in. So I turn down the side and I open up a side door. Well, it started at 2. I got there at 2.02. So I open up the door. It's dark, kind of expected, but then when the door closes, I mean, it is dark, dark. There's no light at all inside there, but there's some music playing, and I'm like, am I in the right place? (laughs) I'm literally thinking when the lights turn on, I just hope this is actually the musical I'm supposed to be in. I couldn't sit down. I couldn't do anything. It was so dark. Do you ever get lost? You ever feel like you're just not sure like what the next step should be? Like how you should respond to something or what to do about something that came into your life? Is it ever bigger for you like it is for me sometimes? Like I'm wondering what God's will is for this. And I'm not sure. I just don't know what to do next. I don't know what God might want next. I feel lost. Have you ever been there before? That's what Paul moves into as he keeps going through Romans. So last week, we saw, even in our struggles, we have hope. And Paul walked us through that hope. Hope that all things will be redeemed, and hope that the Spirit himself, as the first fruits of what God is doing, is already given to us. So we know he's going to continue that work. But Paul's not done. He says, we also have hope in that time when we feel lost. When we feel like we're waiting. When we feel like things are dark. When we're not sure what's next. Open up your Bible, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. We're on page 1610. Romans chapter 8. Page 1610, if you've got one of the Black Pew Bibles. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So, just as the Spirit is the first fruits who gives us hope as we go through struggles and trials and waiting, He also helps us in our weakness. And then Paul goes on to define that weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. There's the lost part. The part where, like, I know I need to come to God, but I don't even know what to pray for at this point. Like, I don't, I don't know what God's will is. I don't know what's best for me. I, I feel like I've prayed over and over again. Have you ever had something in your life where you've just prayed, 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 and eventually get to a point where you're like, do I just keep doing the same thing? I don't know what to do next. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. Here is the next hope that he gives. That when we are lost, when we are not even sure what to pray, the Spirit is interceding for us. The Spirit is praying on our behalf. The Spirit is praying in accordance with God's will for us. You are getting prayer by the Spirit exactly what you need, is what he says. And sometimes I need something more. So I was not always Anglican. Um, I was in a Bible church and an independent church for many, many years. Uh, pastored in those churches, went to seminary and a non-denominational seminary, all of those things. And when I came over to the Anglican church, one of the things that was different and weird was all these written prayers. Like all this stuff that you said that was seemed to me very rote and like, why don't you just pray what you want to pray. Why do you need to pray somebody else's words? That makes no sense. I mean, it seemed very cold to me. Well, after being an Anglican or being in an Anglican church, I don't know if I'd call myself Anglican yet at that point, for about a year, I went on a retreat, a silent retreat. And at that point, I was going through a couple of different things, and, and they were hard. And I remember when you're in silence, there's not a whole lot of things to do other than talk to God, because you can't talk to anyone else. And so I prayed a lot. And at some point, I'm like, I don't know what else to pray. Like, I really don't. Like, I've been doing everything. And then I picked up the Book of Common Prayer. And this is the prayer that I read. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, In quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your spirit, lift us, we pray, to your presence, where we may be still and know that you are God. Those were the words I didn't have but needed to pray. And I spent the rest of that day, in one way or another, praying this prayer, praying around this prayer. Like it was, like that's what I needed. I didn't know it. I didn't have it, but it was there. That's what the Spirit does on our behalf. 
The Spirit prays and intercedes when we aren't sure what to pray. That's good. And the Spirit prays in accordance to God's will. And yet, I want to ask this question. Is God's will really what I want? What is God's will? Because it's all good and fine to have someone speak on your behalf, right? But you better trust what they're speaking on your behalf. And I'm going to admit to you, even as a priest, there are times I've had a few doubts about God's plan. Anyone else? Every once in a while, I wonder, are you sure you know what you're doing? You've got to trust the one who has the plan. And if the Spirit is speaking on your behalf, according to God's will, do you trust that? Um, so we have this kind of running joke, although it's been a while since we've done it. Um, I will talk about making watermelon salmon for my wife. Because she hates watermelon and she hates fish. <laughs> like anything dealing with it. And so we had this joke, like, I'm going to do watermelon salmon tonight. Um, you know, if we go to a restaurant and my wife ever said, order for me, and she left, she would know she would never get fish, any kind. If it were in the ocean, she would never get it ordered. She would know that whatever I ordered from her, for her, it may not be the exact thing, but it would be pretty close because she knows me, and she would trust that I would order not watermelon salmon for her. Um, have you ever had, when you were applying for a job, you had to give references, right? You really hope those references, if they call, say something nice about you. Um, <laughs> here's some examples of things you might not want said about you. Um, the question was, we would like to verify that Dan held the position of manager of accounting from May 2001, sorry, May 1st, 2005 to May 1st, 2011. Is this correct? Response, I am not allowed to say anything about this person as they were fired. Don't want that response. Here's another one. Please answer how you would rate this employee in the area of oral communications. Response, can I give a negative number? <laughs> Please tell me some of his strengths. I'm sure there must be some strengths, but nothing jumps out at me. We are calling as you are, as we have you down as a reference regarding Alice. Response, are you certain she gave you my name? Hold on, let me get the legal file to see what I'm allowed to say. <laughs> you need to trust the one who's speaking on your behalf. So what is God's will? Back into the text, verse 28. This, this is what God, this is what the Spirit is praying for on your behalf. This is God's will. Verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called, who have been called according to his purpose. So God's will is this. He's working for your good in all things. What does that mean? Well, he's kind of going to describe it, but I want to 
I want to make sure to head off a way in which this text is sometimes taken. Right? On the way here this morning, I took a route I haven't taken for a long time. Ever since the flooding of the Mississippi, I have been crossing 74 over to Illinois and going that way. Because I didn't want to get to downtown Davenport where everything is blocked off. However, before that, I always stayed on State Street. Do you know why? Because you can see the Mississippi. And one of the things I enjoy about being here is the Mississippi. I love seeing it. And there is nothing like driving to church early in the morning when no one's really on the road but you. The sun is just coming up and it's sparkling off those it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And I thought, you know what? I got a little time today. I've not done this for a long time. I'm going to take this trip. Well, as I'm driving down State Street, right as you get to the point where you can start seeing the Mississippi, there's a train. A really stinking long train. I had a train all the way from that point to the Arsenal Bridge. It followed me all the way down. (laughs) I got one tiny glimpse of the water because there's a point where the road goes up and the train kind of goes down. I glimpsed the water and that was it. Like, I'm going to have to go in reverse so I can see the Mississippi. (laughs) Like, I just, the whole time I could see it. It's the only reason I took this and it's been months since I've done this. But God works all things for good. I am sure by the time I get to the Arsenal Bridge, there's going to be something even more beautiful than I imagined. Well, I got to the Arsenal Bridge, and amazingly enough, you could cross it. It wasn't open, like you could go across, except they were washing the bridge. So there were two trucks. There was one truck here and the water truck, and they're blocking the lane that I need to get across because they're washing the bridge. So I pull up. There's like three other people, and we're just waiting there because we had to wait for these people to go and then hope you can get by. (laughs) doesn't work that way. When it says God works all things for good, it does not mean, well, something bad happened, so God's going to do something better for me later. I lost this job. God must have a better job for me. That's not what this means. I, I will tell you up front, it is not about your happiness or making your life easier. That is not what it means for our good. I'll show you what it means. Go back into the text. Verse 29. Here's the explanation. For those God foreknew, um, typically in Scripture that is used for people that God has brought into his family. He knows them. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, That he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Here's the first thing that is God's will and our greatest good. To be conformed to the image of Christ. I don't know if you pay attention to this or notice how often my prayer for sermons help us to be like Christ. I pray that over and over and over again. Because that is God's will for his people. And hear this. It's our greatest good to be conformed to the image of Christ. And and think about that for a minute with me. Who is Christ? I'm going to just throw out some things about him. If you were to read through the Gospels and you were to pay attention to this person, 
this is who you would see. He is patient. He is bold and yet also humble. He always knows his purpose. There is never a point where he is going, I'm not sure. He knows his purpose and he is fully sold out to it. He is kind. He is in control. Even when he loses it, it's in a controlled manner for a purpose. The one time we really see him lose it, he makes a whip out of leather cords and drives people out. And yet behind that is, you will not make my father's house a den of robbers. He understands who he is. Do you sometimes question even like your own, like, like who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing? Why did this happen? He doesn't have to. He has a 100% trust in the Father. And it's in everything that he does to the point where he can be in the garden and things can be so bad that he is sweating drops of blood asking God to take this away. And yet, what is his response? Not my will, but yours be done. I can go on and on and on. He is an incredible, amazing, beautiful person. And God says, I want you to be like him. That's my will for you. I want you to be like that. Secondly, verse 30, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. We talked about this when we were back in Romans 3. He has made you right before God. Those he justified, he also glorified. When we talk about creation being fully redeemed, guess what? God's will is that you be fully redeemed. That's where we're going. That's what the Spirit is praying. We be conformed to the image of Christ, and we be completely redeemed, glorified, renewed in all ways. All things he will work for good. Everything that touches your life, he can work for good. There was a really interesting observation that was made that led to some studies in a couple of different countries. Belgium, the Netherlands, Glasgow, a number of different places. This is what they found. There are anti-bird spikes that are put on buildings. And they're intended to keep birds from landing on these windowsills, especially way up on buildings. There's these spikes. They were discovering nests made out of these spikes. Birds were coming and pulling them off of the buildings and building nests out of them. Magpies actually built a nest that had a roof And the roof was made out of the spikes as if they were using them to keep predators away from their nests. Talk about a use of things that were meant to keep them off the buildings. They took something that was completely negative. 
I mean, it was meant to impale them if they got too close (laughs) and turned it into their home, even into protection. God takes everything or can take everything in your life and make it something that is helping you conform to the image of Christ, that is moving you toward being that person that God says, not only do I want you to be this, I know you can be this. I want you. I am moving you that way. The question comes down to, will you trust me? You see, those spikes in our lives, our response can be, get me out of this. This is awful and horrible. Why is everything against me? It can also be, God, this is awful but how can this help me be more like Christ? What can I learn from this? What can I learn from the fact that after three months, I still couldn't see the stinking Mississippi? What do I learn from that? Instead of going, oh, why is everything against me? Why do bad things always happen to me? How do you take the spikes and say, God, I know The Spirit himself is interceding. I know your will is to take all things and turn them to good. What do I learn from this? How do I grow through this? Because I trust you. As I was wandering through this maze of darkness in Assumption High School, there was one part in a dark hallway where I just stopped and I was kind of in the middle of the hallway and I'm looking back going, do I go that way or do I go that way? <laughs> I really, I'm not sure. Um, and I turn around and right there, big on the wall, remember, this is a Christian high school, <laughs> right there on the wall is all things are possible through God. <laughs> and I'm a little ashamed of this. My first thought was, are you sure? Because <laughs> I'm really lost right now. And I'm not even sure God knows which way to go in this place. Um, but I had to stop for a moment and go, all things are possible. Even if I go the wrong direction, God wants to work all things for good. But do I believe that? Because faith is so essential to the Christian life. You've got to have it because there are so many things you are not going to see. We are called to trust in the goodness and the beauty and the love and the grace of God. That he is taking spikes and turning them into good things. That all things are possible no matter how lost we might feel. That we might become more like Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you that even in the times when we are struggling, maybe we're struggling with direction, maybe we're struggling with trusting you, even in those times, your word says you're working. You're working toward our good. You're working to make us more like the incredible beautiful, wonderful person of Christ. Lord, help us to trust that. 
Help us to see our challenges differently. Help us to not give up praying, knowing that even when we're not sure what to say, the Holy Spirit is interceding. Help us to keep going in those moments as an exercise of trust and of love toward you. In Jesus' holy name, amen.